The SaaS Universe podcast is brought to you by Efficient Capital Labs. Realize your future revenue today. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the SaaS Universe podcast. Today, Joseph Abraham, founder and CEO of Startup Atom, has a one-on-one with Andrew Foreman, who's the CEO and co-founder of Gibbs, an e-commerce marketing platform that grows sales, creates social impact and reduces discount dependency. Gives helps Shopify merchants use donation incentives versus discounts, all so that you can take a detox from the discount drug. Sit back and listen as Joseph dives into the mechanics of what Gives does, as well as have an in-depth conversation with Andrew on the genesis and future of Gives. Enjoy the show as they take a revised look at how SaaS can incentivize SaaS. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today on our podcast. It's, it's so nice to have you. And I've been looking you know, a little bit into your background and what you've been doing. So nice to know that you've been in this field, but in a whole different, you know, from a different vantage point altogether, right? Being <laughs> in the not-for-profit and then, you know, being in the investment space. And now you're again back to uh, give. So, um, I mean... Welcome to the show, first of all, and if you can just take us through uh, a little bit about what Gives does, who is it for, and uh, give us a quick introduction about about yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you said, I had, in my prior life, I, I separated out the good and the making money <laughs> side of things, right. and now I've tried to bring them together, and so I think that's a good backdrop in terms of what it is we actually do here at Gives Now, which is we help brands move away from discounts and simultaneously weave mm-hmm. in social impact. So we awesome. see two, those, those as two huge trends for, for brands and we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into the details, but if a brand wants to lift their average order value, they could say, Hey, if you spend over a certain amount, you're going to get a discount. What we've found to be even more effective and way less damaging to brand, uh, to the brands overall in the long term is something like spend over a hundred dollars, get $10 to give to any charity that you want. And so the individual is roped into the, you know, to our customers, the brand's mission, right? Because now the customer is saying like, hey, I can donate to whatever I care about free. Like you're not asking me to add money to my purchase or anything like that. It's like, nope, if you spend over $100 with us, you get 10 bucks to give to any charity you want. And those numbers are obviously changeable, um, et cetera, et cetera. But that's the the core of, of what we're doing with Gibbs now. Awesome. So we get to hear a lot about mission-driven brands, right? So, I mean, that that's like a buzzword yes. today. Yes. Uh, so what do you feel as, as a, I mean, as a company powering this? So is it, is it abuse at this point of time or is it, is it like a, 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 a safe... I mean, I, I think what you're finding is that it's necessary, right? Like that's why everybody <laughs> says they're right. It's like it's it's table stakes. It is, right. it is becoming table stakes. And a year from now, every single brand will be a mission, you know, powered brand because they have right. to be, because people want to buy from that, right? That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. It's not because people are all of a sudden so good. Although I do think that there is a trend for people, you know, caring more about whatever it is they care about now more than ever, mm-hmm. um, and and just thinking about society as a whole and you know with social media and and facts getting moved around so quickly and fake news getting moved around so quickly people 
you know, something hits you and you care about it, right? And you latch onto it and you say, okay, this is something that I'm actually passionate about. You can find that passion a lot quicker these days. And, and also when you're a lot younger. And, and so the younger generations have started this movement. The older generations are kind of latching onto it now. Right. And, uh, and, and we're finding that, yeah, if you're a brand and you have no social mission whatsoever, you're going to be out of business in five years. That's just, that's just a fact. So you have to, you have to play the game. And so some people do it better than others. And we're trying to help the folks that are doing it well already do it even better and, and really loop in their customers. And, and, and quite frankly, the easiest, you know, customer on my hand is somebody who doesn't have a program right now at all. They're definitely trying to figure it out. And then it's like, okay, well, here you go. And, 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 Obviously, I'm biased, but I feel like this is the best way to do it anyway. So you go from having nothing to having the best program in place, which is doing it through doing your give back through your customers. What doesn't get any better than that to be able to tell your customers like, hey, we genuinely care about what you care about. And we're going to prove it to you by giving you the power to donate to whatever you want. Got it. Absolutely makes sense. So how did how did it all start? So let's go get to the basics and the genesis of it, right? So um, yeah, take yeah. us to the whole so origin I mean, story. The whole origin story. So I guess, and, and now to be fair, you did say stories are interesting. So I'll, I'll go off tangent a little bit here and, and talk about when I was, um, you know, just to give you a little bit about ethos on my end. So in high school, had a had a high school girlfriend, um, you know, we were we were great. We only fought about one thing, which was how do you have more impact in the world? So we were maybe ahead. Maybe we should have been Gen Zers instead of millennials. But this is what we were arguing <laughs> right. about. And we were um, and, and, and she was of the, you know, the opinion that you go, you graduate college and you go volunteer in the Peace Corps. Right. Mm. Um, and that's how you're going to have the most impact boots on the ground, doing something, changing people's lives right away. Got it. I said, you know, hey, I think you go you graduate college, you make as much money as humanly possible mm-hmm. and you fund the Peace Corps because how else are they going to get you over there and you can't volunteer if you don't have the funding. And so this was this is what we argued about. Obviously, we were 16 or 17 and we're not going to solve these these big problems. You obviously need both sides of this coin now that we look back Got decades it. later and say like, okay, yes, <laughs> you need to do both these things. But I just say that because, you know, what ended up happening is she graduates college, she goes and volunteers in the Peace Corps. I graduate college, I go right into investment banking to try to make as much money as possible. I quickly realized that I was not going to make enough money to fund these things. But I just say that because, you know, Mm -hmm. what ended up happening is she graduates college, she goes and volunteers in the Peace Corps. I graduate college, I go right into investment banking to try to make as much money as possible. I quickly realized that I was not going to make enough money to fund the Peace Corps or anything like that when I graduated college. Um, and uh, and so in that from that sense, she was definitely right. And, and just to close the loop there, she went to the Peace Corps. I went into investment banking. We never spoke again, but I'm sure all is well on, uh, on, on that front. But, uh, but for me, I immediately was like, okay, I need some more purpose in my life if I'm going to work these long hours in the investment banking world. Um, And so I started a nonprofit with two other folks. um, And we ran that nonprofit for five years, which was fantastic. But it was two totally separate lives, right? Like I was doing nights and weekends, and like really late nights and, and, and 
some weekends on the on the nonprofit side of things, but most of my time was taken up, you know, paying the bills and 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 trying to make money that I could donate eventually, but you know, also just live. And so that was the that was my life for five six years. I went back to business school. I, I go. I went to uh, HBS and I graduated from HBS with them asking you over and over again, what are you going to do with this one and precious life? And so I always wanted to combine those two and not keep them separate. And so, yeah, I had in my investment banking days, I had the pleasure of working with an amazing company that, um, that was, was able to combine those two things. It was the most profitable company that I had ever seen. And they were literally saving lives. Um, and, and I just felt like, man, if I could do something like that, if I could link my business to having amazing things done that help in the world, that would be awesome. And so when I, when we launched, we actually launched it as a, I launched gives as a Venmo for charity platform, hoping that I could take the ease out of, uh, you know, the, the pain out of donating and, and the, the actual financial friction of having to type in your credit card over and over again, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the initial, Piece, but now you know I that was a tough business direct to consumer, and we pivoted. Happy to talk more about that as well. But we pivoted into what we do now, and this is what we were supposed to be doing. And uh, and you can only recognize it after after you pivot. So this was this has been an exciting turn of events here in the past year and a half, two years. Awesome. So take us through a little bit about. Um... I mean, what do you look for validation? So I mean, different people look for different things, right? So. Product market fit is is what you define, and um, and end of the day, what you do if it gains traction over a period of time, of course, you you make good business. So, what was what was the factor that determined that you had to make the pivot and you're on the right course? Yeah. So, what determined traction? I think for us, it was. So the way we made the pivot was data driven, right? We had two brands, two separate brands run A-B tests on two separate platforms. So one brand ran an A-B test on Facebook. The other brand ran an A-B test on email. And this was, we still mm-hmm. really only had the Venmo for charity platform. So the, the, the one on Facebook said, you know, buy now and we'll give you $30 to give to a charity of your choice. That was the, the A test. The B test was buy now, we'll give you $50 off. So that was what they, they tested. The email was a similar type of thing. Use coupon code ABC for $40 off. Use coupon code XYZ for $40 to give to a charity of your choice. And we saw in both cases, 18 to 20% lift in conversion when you use the donation incentive over a discount. And I was like, holy smokes. That was the aha moment for me where Mm -hmm. I was like, this is something that if we could recreate these results, I mean, two was enough for me. That was it. I was like, okay, we're pivoting this whole business. Had to go back, tell the whole team we're pivoting the whole business. It was (laughs) wild, wild times. Um, But now what I think means traction for us is we've now got 75 brands that use this and we have no churn. I think the the biggest thing that, that brands look at is like, churn, right? So when somebody tries this out, do they try it? And then you have this leaky bucket problem. We do not have that leaky bucket problem. Um, well, but, but every business has its challenges. And so I think for us, we have, we have figured out that customer product fit. But when you talk about product market fit, now you're talking about have you figured out the flywheel and, and your go-to-market strategy. And that's something for us where we're creating a new market mm-hmm. is very, very difficult. Got it. 
Awesome. So I think you kind of have uh, a bit of prediction going on as well with me because you preempted my question. I had a question like how to build a SaaS business that's churn proof. So you just stole my question in a moment, right? So it's, <laughs> okay, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, it's good to, to know about like the factors that determine your pivot. Now, quickly take us through your first 10 customers. I mean, how did you cross the chasm? I mean, I mean how did you get them? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question. So we had the two pilots were incredibly helpful in terms of having the actual um, data to support what we were doing, that this was working. And people were like, wait, what? <laughs> like you, you outperformed a discount. Um, but then the first 10 customers, I will say, all came from referrals, friend of a friend right. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we would have been able to get those referrals without the data from those first two tests. And and honestly, the, the first two tests, one was an introduction from my wife, always have to support, you know, right. when, when family, when family supports you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one was somebody I had sat on the board of, uh, on the associate board of a charity with. Um, and so through the charity work, she was working in PR at, at, a, at, a, at one of these companies. And she's like, yeah, this sounds amazing. Like, let's try it out. And so it was, you know, it was a friendly relationship um, that that we made that we made happen, um, and then from there it was a, it was a no brainer. So then then we got a bunch of you know emailed all my friends and family and said, hey, if you know anybody who's willing to try this, we're going to build a product around it. And so we got those first ten customers. Ten is exactly right in terms of like all referral based. Honestly, my wife helped a ton. She's in venture capital. And so she had a bunch of portfolio companies that she just shot this to. And they were like, yep, let's try it. Mm-hmm. The results were great. We still have all 10 of those companies, obviously, with the, with the no churn. Um, and we built a Shopify app around this to make it easy. We found that nine out of those 10 stores were, were on Shopify. So we built a Shopify app um, and launched that in August of last year. And, and since then, it's really been those 10 clients now telling their other folks, you know, they're the, the marketing person is in a CMO group and talks about it or the founder is in you know a a founder group and talks about gives and 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 their give back piece we're we're just now starting to see you know folks that shopped at one of our clients had the gives experience saw that it was powered by gives and said hey you know um this is uh this is something that we want to um that we want to implement as well so can you help us (laughs) Awesome. And um, I mean, just, just to go back about this whole product. So who is it for? I mean, is, is this only for e-commerce or is this for, for brands across the spectrum? If you can just quickly take us through, you know, who is this product for? What does it really do? I mean, just a little bit of feature benefit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the, on the Shopify side, it is, it is definitely focused on e-commerce brands, right? But it ends up, this is, this is a marketer's dream, regardless of if you're an e-com store, if, if you're a direct consumer, if you're marketing anything direct to consumer, right. then gives is, is, is for you, right? Because you have to come up with reasons to email your mm-hmm. consumers or your potential consumers every single day, right? And you have to have a touch point, you have to have a reason to talk to them. And so one of those reasons True. that's high converting is a discount. But right now we mm-hmm. see that everybody's like, you know, if you're the marketing person, you're the CEO is saying, please don't become over reliant on discounts. Please try to move right. away from discounts. And you're like, okay, but this is the only thing that converts right now. What else can I do? And so we're 
we're coming in and, and, and marketers are so excited to, to try this out. And then they're really excited when the results come in because they're like, wait, right. I can move away from discounts. I can weave in social impact in a genuine and authentic way. Right. But we've had everything from a restaurant on the upper on the Upper West Side here in New York who's mm-hmm. selling more bow buns of the month than he knows what to do with because he said, you know, if you buy the bow bun of the month, you get $5 to give to a charity of your choice. Um, we have a... Uh, a financial institution in, in Betterment who actually just tried this out um, and, and saw great results and now is planning further further tests. Um, so so they and, and mm-hmm. just roll this out in a bigger way. So they are are seeing, you know, something as like deposit money into your account, get X dollars to give to a charity of your choice. Um, the most recent test they ran on Earth Day. And so it is really for anybody marketing anything and you want them, you want the consumer to do something. Our technology can actually port over to, we've had brands say post on Instagram or give mm-hmm. us a review and get money to give to charity. So it can go a whole bunch of different ways. What we found oh, wow. the best practice, the down the center of the fairway, no brainer is to start with something like, hey, if your average order value is $38, then say spend 50 or more, get 5%, 10% to give to a charity of your choice. If your average order value is $72, then say, hey, spend over $80 or $90 or $100 and get 5% right. to give to a charity of your choice, right? That's the that's the evergreen offer that you can stand on. But then when it comes to Black Friday, Cyber Monday, don't do a 40% off <laughs> yeah. discount. Once somebody buys something at 40% off from your store, they are never, ever, ever buying full price from you again, ever. That right. is a, that, there's no way. So, so you have to do something more innovative and interesting and say, Hey, you know, we're not a deep discount brand, but we want to do something. So we're going to give you 20% off plus 20% to give to a charity of your choice. Right. Um, and that's not a 40% discount. Super importantly, I think once you cross that 20% discount, people are like, well, this is a discount brand. Right. Um, so, so that's, um, that's just a little insight into, into what we're doing. Does that answer the question? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So talk us through your team and how did you guys come together? So like, who are the people behind this and what's your team size right now? And, and are you still hunting for people? And if so, what do you look for? Yeah, great, great question. So I I think, you know, as a, as a first time entrepreneur, I read a ton about how much the people matter. Right. Right. Um, And, and as much as I thought I understood that, you cannot possibly understand that until you start to build a business yourself. <laughs> True, the people are everything. Um, and so, when investors are always saying, "Oh, we bet on teams," you know, you know, the idea the TAM, the the TAM has to be large, but we're ultimately betting on the team because that is what's going to drive this thing. I always thought, like, okay, sure, yeah, I, I sort of believe you, but I don't really believe you. Now I believe it. I've I have I have seen it, um, and I have I've lived it. Uh, and so the, the team is now seven, seven folks where, nice. um, yeah, it's, it's exciting on, on that side of things. Um, but I'd say talk about the, uh, the, the three co-founders. So myself, um, my original co-founder Jay, who, um, I've known forever. So they say, don't work with your friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was something that I, that, that we bucked. And I think that, it's a, it really depends on the relationship that you have with with that friend, but he's an amazing person and an absolute soldier and will get anything done that needs to get done. And so awesome. I think we both had that kind of mentality. And so we started it both as non-technical. And so you can guess who the third co-founder is oh, yeah. um, on the on the technical side and how important a, a technical co-founder is 
um, is cannot cannot be understated as well. That was one of the prerequisites to us raising our our, our most our latest round was that we had to have a co-founding CTO. Otherwise, oh, yeah. this was not an investable business. And I didn't realize it again. I was like, kind of like, okay, maybe if our idea was better, they wouldn't. No, they un- they understood. They've seen it a million times. Um, and 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 when we so Eric, who's our our co-founding CTO, had actually run two businesses before startups. And I think having startup experience is important as well. But he ran uh, a company called Evertrue from start to series B, um, where he that that was actually a SaaS business aimed at charities. So charities used their software. Um, And then he ran a e-commerce business. So um, from, from start to series B. And so you could see why his experience was just perfect. Um, and he's another amazing human being. So could not be happier with, with the team. Somebody asked me yesterday, you know, how's, how's your tech team? And mm-hmm. I just immediately said, Epic. <laughs> and, he's uh-huh. like, and he was like, I'm going to start answering questions that way. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I really do. I, I, I truly feel that way. And I know, know it to be true that our tech team is Epic. Um, and it's the best, it's the best part of our company. Um, and, and that's important when you're a tech company, I suppose. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I think you guys all breathe, um, this whole social impact, you know, yeah. because I think all of you come from those kind of backgrounds. Yep. Um, so let's quickly switch gears and so where are you right now? So have you, have you like, um, reached product market fit or are you still trying to get there? Uh, take us a little bit through that as well. Yeah, so we we've now got seventy five. I think made uh, that's the latest number that I was saying. I think we're probably up over eighty eighty five brands now on Shopify oh, nice. that use nice. us. Um, and and of that, where we where we're looking at trying to figure, gauge product market fit is is that okay? We have eighty five brands, you know, active using using gifts, but how many of them are using it every single day? And and I think right. we've just crossed the fifty percent mark of. A half of them are using gifts wow. every single day. They're donating money every single day through their customers, learning what their customers care about most. Um, so from that sense, I think it's really, you know, a good positive check mark in the product market fit column. We also don't have that we don't have we don't have churn, um, especially for our big for our big clients, which is another huge positive check mark on the product market fit column. Where we are, where we need to hire, and the big hole in 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 um in our team right now is we need a, a head of marketing sales and marketing, build up a sales and marketing team, because right now it's myself, my old co-founder really running, uh, you know, and my original co-founder running, running around trying to, you know, figure this whole piece out. But with the next raise, that is exactly where we'll build out a, a full sales and marketing team. If we can get somebody of the caliber of our CTO in to, to run marketing and sales for us, we'll be in really good shape. Awesome. And so you have a product that's creating like a, a, a rock solid wave in, in the whole social media, social impact space. So um, how do you raise money? Like, it, it, does this make sense for investors to to invest in? Because it's like, you know, it's a great question. Yeah, because I mean, money is investable in profitable businesses, but sometimes social impact like, you know, sets uh, a kind of um, you know, I don't know how to call that, man. I mean, I'm not able to articulate it well enough, but it has a kind of yeah. gap feeling like for investors totally. like feeling that, hey, I mean, as you rightly said, it's, it's binary, right? So social impact is something like you do, right. uh, you know, later and right <laughs> now it's about making money, right? So, so how does that work? 
Totally. And this happens with investors. It also happens with companies. Um, and right. this is why creating a, a, a product like this that nobody's ever heard of. Nobody mm -hmm. like so. So the amount of times that I'm on a sales call and I hear the other end say, whoa, this is amazing. I've never heard of anything like this. And initially I was like, yeah, this is cool. Now I'm <laughs> like, darn, I wish you had heard of this already so that I didn't have like so that you would yeah, come to me, you know, <laughs> like like this. Is, I don't want to hear I've never right. heard of this before anymore and how cool it is. Like, yeah, I know it's cool. I've heard that a hundred times this week. I want like, just like, let's get it going so that other people can hear about it. So that instead of sending a million dollars to charity, we can send a billion dollars to charity that's right true. next year. Yep. That's the, that's, that's the goal. So, um, so, so that's, that's on that side, on the investor side, very the same, similar type of deal where, you know, somebody's here's social impact and, and there are the social impact investors out there. So we can cover that whole piece as a topic as well. That's starting to become trendy ish. Um, but a lot of times when I talk to investors and even when I talk to brands, I, the social impact piece is just a byproduct of what we're doing in Got some it. sense. And so, and, and that's the way I position it. And, and I think folks can tell when they talk to me, like, of course, that's my actual motivation and the reason that I'm doing this. But right. I fundamentally believe that if we can only if we can just make it a financially good decision for brands to run gives, then that is going to be the way that we send billions of dollars to charity. There's $80 billion lost to discounts every single year in North America e-commerce alone. If we can wow. shift a tenth of that, let alone half of that, into donation incentives instead of discounts, that's somewhere between $800 million and $4 billion going to charity that otherwise would not have gone. And I think people will feel great about themselves when they actually get to allocate that money. We've had first time people who had never been able to donate before, bought something at H&M, now we're able to donate 10 bucks to a charity that they cared about. Just having them think about, like, th those are the things that I'll never talk about in a pitch to a brand or even to an investor, quite frankly. Um, but... The, the the question that the VCs are asking, if you're going to raise money from venture capital firms that they, sure they want the impact as a cherry on top and that's great. And, and, and maybe that's like a tiebreaker generously. <laughs> it's actually probably a negative because they don't want to even take the meeting like you're saying, because that has some sort of stigma associated with it. But if they do take the meeting, um, the, the, the thing that you have to convince them of is that this can be a hundred X that that's all, that's all the VCs want to know. Can, can this be a 100x investment for them? And so for me, I rarely talk about the social impact piece. I just talk about social impact in the sense that the, 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 the market and how big the market is and how every single brand, go talk to three brands in your portfolio. Ask them if they are able to partner with charities effectively. I guarantee you the answer is no. We're building the fabric that, that allows you to do that um, in a, in a, in a push-button fashion. Absolutely yes, because I think it's 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 a change of the mindset and also the infra to make that happen. I think you're doing both, right? So, awesome, great. So I'm gonna like get to the rapid fire round, and Bring so it yep. And if you answer well, I'll probably send you a hamper, you know, <laughs> <laughs> down to you, right? So let's get that going, right? So, so question number one is: Is it a book or a show you're watching that um, you know? Uh, has helped you think better. I don't. I, I'm not necessarily a believer in this whole motivational, inspirational stuff, but something that's made you think, something that's helped you like stop, reflect, and think, and say, "Hey, this makes sense." Uh, that you could share with our listeners. 
Yeah, I think on on the book side, the hard thing about hard things, I'm sure that's a book that comes up often, but, um, you know, by Ben Horowitz, it's just, it's hard. (laughs) And and I think being reminded of how hard things can be, um, but how important doing the hard things is, is just something that everybody needs a reminder of. So I'm actually on my second time reading this book through because uh, I just like to be, like to be reminded of it. Awesome. The next question is, uh, is it a CEO that you are studying and you're following? I mean, somebody who, who makes you like feel that, like, hey, I'm connected to this person. So I have, I'm lucky enough to have an amazing CEO on, on my advisory board and he's a CEO mm-hmm. of Postscript. So he, oh, nice. um, he, has, he has run, you know, an e-commerce enablement company before right and right. so just a couple of years ahead of me um and so i can learn from his every move um and that's been extremely extremely helpful in my development um and 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 even things that are outside of like how do you go to market etc cetera, etc cetera. but even just how do you manage a team how do you you know how do you stay connected as your team grows as your remote work kicks in right. how does how does this how does this all work and so having somebody like that to lean on has been incredibly incredibly helpful for me Awesome. What's your favorite SaaS, SaaS app at this point of time? My favorite SaaS app. I mean, I should have expected that question coming on here, huh? And I should have a, I should have an answer right at the, the tip of my finger. Um, I mean, favorite SaaS work. app. Yeah, I mean we're 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 using I mean we're using G Suite, we're using Slack and Jira, and we like, couldn't 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 do it. I will say my sister in law just took. Uh, a job at Atlassian, so so I'll go with uh, I'll, I'll go with Jira. Jira, <laughs> Jira. <Okay>, got <laughs> it. Yeah. Makes our company and, run. Okay, so are, are you a car guy or a bike guy? Car guy or bike guy? Well, I'm in Manhattan, so I don't have a car. Um, I don't ride as a bike as much as I should. Oh, okay, um, I'm, I'm more more of a like I need I need a, a a team sport type of deal or like hit a ball or chase a ball or something like that. So I'm more of a basketball. <laughs> flag football guy but um but if i had to choose car or bike i guess bike awesome great how many hours of sleep do you get every night so uh i have two little ones at home um, that that are cutting into that a bit i generally aim you know i I like to try to get eight hours i'd say i average about six got it so this is the last one so how has pandemic changed your life I think looking on the bright side, the pandemic has changed my life in that I get to spend a lot more time with my kids than I otherwise would have. Um, There's, you know, some breaks throughout the day. I actually have gone back to now going into the office because being at home is too, it's too tempting to to, to go hang out with the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. But for a while there, you know, I, I, I think I genuinely will look back fondly on doing a year plus between my in-laws and my parents' house while we having babies of our own. I think our, our kids will have unbelievable relationships with their grandparents because of it. Um, and so I, I, I'd like to think that on the positive, that's, that's how the pandemic has really changed, changed my life significantly. Awesome. So I have, I have like a couple of questions, but this is like a, like a, uh, a question that, that I, I'm, I'm going to go back to because I'm kind of intrigued. Um, What's the playbook for a company, I mean, let's say any company, to to become mission, 
you know, driven or have the social impact fabric or DNA in, in their whole system. Uh, so I know it's, 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 it's like an oxymoron to say playbook for social impact. You've got to have right. it in DNA. But, but, uh, but what, what's the way to actually like help early stage founders to start yeah. the process right in the beginning? I think it's two things. I think one, it's commitment, right? So it's easy to just give up on it. Right. And say that there's a million other things to have that, that I need to get done today. Um, but if you commit to it and set aside 30 minutes a day to focus on something like this, I think that that's important. Right. So just committing to it and staying committed to it. Uh, and then secondarily is is find out ways to make it to make it profitable for you right like make yep. giving profitable that it is possible and that's that's what um and and just be genuine through and through right and and so you can say like yeah like hey we're a startup business we can't afford to donate five dollars with every single purchase but right. if you said if you spend over two hundred dollars on our site we can give you five bucks to give to a charity of your choice that's where we're at these days if we as we grow if we can get to spend 150 and we'll give you five dollars we'll do that spend a hundred of ultimately spend you know every order will come with five dollars charity sure that's what we're working towards we're not there yet where we are is if you spend 200 bucks with us that is where we can afford to do that. And, and so that's fine. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's genuine and it's honest and it's upfront. And you're saying, Hey, we're weaving, we're helping you guys in. Obviously this is on the give side, you know, how, how, how I think about the world, but no matter what you're doing on the social impact side, whatever you can do, whether it's donating product or just having a better, you know, uh, loyalty program or supply chain that, that allows people to see what it is that you're doing from a social impact standpoint, just commit to it and do it. Got it. And it also benefits from an employer branding point of view as well, because definitely we have a bunch of our clients are, are like, wow, like internally we send Slack messages about. So now we we just started to build features around, hey, your first donation was made. Hey, you just hit a thousand dollars of donated dollars, 10 grand of donated dollars. Right. And so like they're sharing that within their Slack Got internally. It. And it's been really cool. Yeah. And I think it could turn to be like a good gamified feature in the future, like have a leaderboard and and have all of that going as well. Awesome. So my last question, and we're done, which is um, what's something that you wish you knew when you were 20 uh, and going back in time? Yeah. <laughs> wish I knew when I was 20. I think I would say take more risk early on, right? <laughs> um, take more risk early on. That's, that's, that's what I would give my advice to myself when I was, when I was young Gur, um, you know, things change when you have kids. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's the change. That's the big change. Um, right. but, uh, but everything else, I, I, that, that's what I would, that's what I would say. Awesome. Great, Andrew. I mean, it was really nice, like chatting with you and getting to know you, um, both, you know, as a person, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who's creating a social impact. I mean, usually you don't meet founders who, who are inclined that way. Um, and, and I'm glad that I met you. Like, uh, you, you, you kind of like balance life in a whole, whole interesting way. Like, you're a dad. You, you have social <laughs> impact mission in life. Uh, you've been through Ivy League. I mean, I mean kind of like ticking all the boxes, Andrew. Here, I mean, so to speak. <laughs> Thank you. You're no, right. it's, been, it's been a pleasure. My pleasure to... Uh, to join you here. Thank you so much, Joseph, for having me on, on the podcast and uh, excited to do more. Awesome. Thanks. And have a great day ahead. That's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning into the SaaS Universe podcast. And remember, if you're looking for non-dilutive capital to help grow your business, 
Efficient Capital Labs is here to help. With their unique approach, you can receive up to 75% of your projected revenue as upfront capital and all within just three days. So don't wait. Head to www.ecaplabs.com to learn more and get started today. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show.